friends, welcome back to the Hidden Jewels podcast. We're so excited today to talk with our friend Janice Thomas. And y'all, this episode is chock full of practical wisdom, not only for teachers, but for parents and really just for life and relationships. So let's get to it. Janice, welcome to the Hidden Jewels podcast. Hello, hello. Yeah, hello, hello. We're so glad to have you, Janice. I'm glad to be here. I haven't seen you for a couple of weeks. Nice meeting you, Karna. Yes. And it's all about the people. I love it. Yeah. So we're going to continue talking to the queens here with okay. Janice Thomas. And you are Miss Maryland. I am Maryland 22. Yes. So um, how did you get to the Miss Senior America pageant? Well, actually I had friends that had done it like years ago. Like um, I have an old friend, elder friend in Virginia, she's done it and they said, oh, you should do it. It's so much fun. And so I looked into it. I had a great friend in West Virginia that also helped me out. So the one thing I like about where I live is Virginia, Maryland and West Virginia, we're all like really close. So we're helping each other out. And this year it was exciting because I worked on a new routine and I love dancing. Mm. Um, so I worked on a new routine and I just, my daughter said, go for it. So that's what I did. Yeah. I, that was one of the things that I loved so much going to the finals was just seeing the talent. And um, first of all, everybody was so active and fit. And so for, <laughs> for me as a 46 year old in menopause, understanding how things are changing in my body. I was so inspired um, to see you guys just still living fully. Um, and I know you're a dancer. I am. And do you run as well? I do. I run. Yeah. Um, I was running 5Ks. Now I'm trying to get faster and I want to do the mile and like the 100 meters. So because 5K wow. is a long a long ride. Now I'm trying to like speed up a little bit if that's possible. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I'm so inspired. I, I keep joking, but I'm not joking that I have 14 years to like, until I can compete. So I'm in training. I'm in training. One of the things I loved about that whole experience is that I felt like every one of these women were throwing their foot in the game Staying right. in the game, it, it takes a little bit of courage, a lot of courage yeah. um, of, to just kind of throw yourself out there and just say, I will serve my state in this capacity. Right, right. And then, and then to show up and lock arms with other women who are serving their state in that capacity. So I was thrilled to get to meet Janice. I'm so glad that we get to talk to you here today. Yeah, it was fun. But you know what? My thing is, I don't want us to feel like we're the minority. I want other, even if they're not in the pageant, keep yourself in shape, keep your health going, you know, because I think a lot of people give up, you know, because yeah. a lot of my friends, oh, I can't believe you're out running. Well, you could do the same thing. You just don't think you can. So you got to believe in yourself. And just because you have a number on your age, it doesn't mean you should stop doing the things that you love to do. If you like to paint, keep painting. If you like to travel, keep traveling. Don't give up on yourself. And I think what we're doing as Senior America is letting people know that don't give up on yourself. That's yeah. the main thing. Yeah, there's not there's not really like a point where you just say, okay, I'm done living. Right. You know? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I think I, I, Janice, just so you know, I take notes uh, for talk nuggets in this don't give up okay. on your, 
this don't give up on yourself. You know, we speak, we're speaking maybe to seniors on that, but the truth of it is the young 20 something person can hear that too. And the idea that God, I think, puts dreams in our hearts of things that we want to accomplish and do. And, and uh, I just think that to the lie that we can't do these things if we don't right. put mind to it. So right. I love you. Keep, keep yourself in shape, keep going and don't give up on yourself. Great words to start this podcast with. Mm. Right. I, love it. Wow. I love that. So how Janice, did you get to this point? I know that, um, so just even those lessons are sometimes hard one. So tell us a little bit about yourself and, um, your life and your passions. Well, I grew up in small town, Harpers Ferry, and I grew up in the 50s and the 60s so you know you had that segregation thing going on yeah. so the first like six years of my life I went to an all-black school mm-hmm. and then middle school I went we mixed it up but one thing I can say about Harper's Ferry is we had some kind of racial things going on but not nearly as much as like more southern states so we became friends everybody got along and some of my best friends now I, I got when I was in middle school so, um, yeah, and then, like I say, we all went to college, and then we're still friends today, which which really means a lot to me, because I try to tell my granddaughter, who's 13, she's always said, oh, she's my best friend. And I said, well, you know what, you haven't had enough experiences to call a person your best friend. It takes years. It takes going through some things together. And I said, do, do you think this person will be your friend 10 years from now? Um, so, you know, there was, oh, you're my best friend. And then two weeks later, that person's gone. So we're learning a lot about friendships right now and mm. values of people. And when you really get in a mess, is that person going to be there for you? Now, now you can say that person is a friend. Now you can say that person really supports you and will be there no matter what. So we're working on that right now with her because yeah. everybody's, everybody's marvelous when you're 13. So. <laughs> That's right. So Janice- Janice, I I want to chime in on this because uh, I I remember my second grade best friend. Right. And I, don't, I don't even know where she lives now. Right. And I remember my high school best friends, and I don't know where they live either. So you do you right. are speaking truth to your daughter. But what I what I uh, shared to my daughter as well, and is that I do think we still have second grade best friends and best friends from junior high school and best friends from high school. But they're not the lifelong best friend that you're talking about that that transcends time. But but, uh, you can't tell me in seventh grade that she's not my best friend today. So I said to my daughter, I said, you know, you'll have second grade best. You'll have best friends at college, best friends at, at your work, best friends in Minnesota. But the lifelong one that you're talking about that's loyal and true to you is a rare gem and a rare jewel. And, Very and, and you are right. That takes time. But I believe your granddaughter, if she's, uh, what'd you say? She's 13. She probably has yeah. a best friend right now that she is sure is going to be her best friend. <laughs> well, she's positive. And you know what? She has a couple that I think they have done some things together, but I also see them splitting up because they think differently. Um, so we'll see how it goes in the next couple of years. But I know my very best friend, I didn't really meet her until college. She's my number one best friend and she lives in another part of Virginia. But we were like 20 when we met, you know, we met in college. So I, I call them acquaintances or friendlies 
not your best friend. So I told my granddaughter, you have some friendlies and you have some acquaintances. They're not best friends yet. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm, well, tell us, tell us a little bit. Didn't you spend most of your life in the education system? Oh, and yeah. I knew in third grade I wanted to be a school teacher. I knew in third grade. Okay. Tell us a little bit about that journey. Well, I knew I wanted to be a school teacher because I felt that I had some of the best teachers in the whole wide world. So, and then I, I'm going to brag a little bit. I was a pretty bright little girl. So I got in like some really good classes and, you know, when you're making good grades and people like you, it really makes school a lot better. So then I got into middle school and I had marvelous English teachers. So then I knew I wanted to teach language arts. So I kept that with me and I took that all through college. I ended up being an English reading teacher, language arts teacher, taught seventh and eighth grade. And I got to teach like the um, upper classes. So that was exciting because you can do so much, so much with them. And then the next year I asked for some of the lower kids and oh my gosh, I enjoyed them just as much. Parents love that I'd spend all the time and patience with them. And my teaching career was really, really good. But I also know that in middle school, a lot of kids were having issues. And that's when I decided to go back and get a counseling degree. And then I started working in elementary and middle school as a counselor. And I loved every minute of it, every minute of it. Yeah, you know, we were talking uh, before we hit record and I was so inspired by uh, what you said about um you know, the passion of getting to the kids before they get to junior high, um, which I will just, you know, I have three, four that are out of junior high now. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I truly believe that age is one of the hardest to parent, if not the hardest to parent Mm -hmm. through. And so you probably have wonderful perspective on that, having taught that for 20 years and seeing the trends and the difficulties that students have at that age um, right. with hormones and all the things exploding. And, um, <laughs> yeah, who signs up to teach middle school? <laughs> I know, I've always said a special person, yeah, yeah. that Thank loves you. that. Yeah. Yeah. So first of all, I wondered, um, would you have words of wisdom for parents who are walking through those years with their kids? First of all, you have to like be there for them and listen um, and ask them every day what's going And don't just ask them yes or no questions. You want to know what they're going through every day. But most of all, you want to know who they're hanging out with mm-hmm. because they are going to be influenced by their peers. They'll come home one day and they'll be totally different than a kid you sent out in that morning. And so you need to find out where they are, who they're spending their time with. I would say that's their number one. And not only who they're spending time with, their parents as well. Because I know when my kids were, I always made sure I knew their parents. I even visited their homes. You know, is this a house I would want my kids to be in if I'm not around? Because people don't parent the same. So you have to find out who they're hanging out with hang out with the parents as well, or at least have some kind of connection with that family. Don't just turn them out there to the wolves because the wolves will eat them up a lot. So um, that would be my number one, find out who they are hanging out with and always be there to answer their questions. They're never too old for you to help them with their homework, read books to them, watch movies together. That family tie needs to come back. <laughs> that family tie needs to come back. Yeah. I love that. It's like, um, I think sometimes when our children are young and vulnerable, you know, 
and they need us for so much. Sometimes Mm -hmm. when they grow up and they don't need us to dress them or, you know, they're making more decisions on their own. We think we don't have to be as vigilant to be present and protective and, and those sort of things. So I think I I like one of the things you said here, Uh, you said communicate with them a lot. And then you said, spend time with them. I think when you said even play games with them or watch TV, because I think um, they, there's a lot they don't want to do with us. Like feel like, feel like we're the hound dog on them. They're they're budding and growing up to have dominion over all of their earth. And, (laughs) but to do common things and to find out common threads of interest and do it with your children uh, even if it's just sitting and playing games and, and, and just being shoulder to shoulder with them. I, I like that. Well, and you know how important that is because I know my granddaughter and my grandson, they both are in sports and I can't tell you how many times there's not that many parents there. And it's like, so they're all coming to us. Oh, there's so-and-so's grandma. There's so-and-so's mom because they drop their kids off even if they're playing a sport and they're not even there. So sometimes be involved in their life. Even if you're just sitting there, watching them play basketball, watching them play volleyball, which they do, you've got to show up for their events because that means a lot to them. It really does. When we don't show up for events, they know something's sick. There's there's always at least one of us there. And now I'm retired, so I go to everything. But um it, may, it means a lot to them and for them to introduce you to their friends. You got to know who they're hanging out with. I'm really serious. Really serious. Yeah. Yeah. And those events are a really great time to meet the parents too, without having right. to be like, I don't know you, you know, <laughs> right, be offensive, exactly. you know? So yeah, and I know you're a grandma that rocks. I'm telling you, I would be <laughs> delighted to introduce you as my grandma. It's fun. It's fun. So be involved and show up in their lives, especially through middle school. Right. Um, that were you saying? Well, right. actually, actually, all the way, all the time. But but middle school, we know things really can change in a minute. Oh yeah, it's a turning point. It's a turning mm. point. So, what are some giant life lessons that you have seen uh, that you've learned, or that you've seen God's faithfulness to hold through? Uh, that you you could share with us? Well, you know what? When, since we're talking about middle school, I know I was really shy in middle school. I was a great student, but I, I didn't put myself out there. Like one story is I wanted to be a cheerleader, but I just had in my head, I wasn't going to make it. And so that's why now I tell kids, take that risk. Never believe you can't do it. You know, get out there, and so you think I can make, of course, I think you can make it. Now you might have to prepare for it. You can't just show up one day and want to be a cheerleader. You haven't done anything to prepare for it, but always prepare for what you want and then go for it. And then if you don't make it, there's something else out there for you. So I had to learn that later in life that I really need to put myself out there more and go for some of the things I wanted. And that's what I try to pass on to kids. Now, you never know if you're going to make it until you try. So put yeah. yourself out there, but prepare yourself as well. I love that. I was actually just talking to my mom yesterday um, about how I'm realizing that's that's really a passion of mine because I meet women who are my age um, and they just are scared to do things, right. you know, and, and I'm, of course I was, I think, scared to do a lot of things too, you know, maybe 10 years ago. And I've just kind of gotten addicted to pushing through that comfort zone because I've learned on the other side of it is so much blessing. 
Right. Um, And even if you're not the best at it, um, you just don't know, you know, I'm, you know, I went line dancing a couple of weeks ago. I had never done that. And (laughs) was I amazing at it? No, but I had so much fun. And, um, you know, I think that's why I was so inspired by the women in the Miss Senior America pageant, you know, and I thought, Hey, I could learn to tap dance right now. I've got 14 years, you know? So, and why not? The good part about that is that's one reason why I wanted to be in it. I wanted to meet other people like myself. And I said, well, I know there's other ladies out there who still sing, dance, want to wear a gown once in a while. And so it was more about the friendships. And I can tell you right now, since this has been over, I probably have talked to at least 14 of them. Now, how else would I have met these people? You know, we're podcasting, we're talking on the phone, I'm friends with them on Facebook. And I would have never known these people if I hadn't done the pageant. So, you know, it's all about the people. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Always. So you had talked about how, uh, when we were chatting about how you um, decided to go and do counseling in elementary school. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. tell me about that. I, I loved that story. Well, because I had such great teachers and I just modeled myself after them and they were good. They made me happy. And I'm thinking, I want to do the same thing when I get older. So I started out as a teacher and I found out that was the first course to go to be a teacher first and then go into the counseling field Hmm. because then you get to know the kids from the, the inside out. But um, yeah, I just knew third grade. I mean, I had the best teachers ever. And I'm thinking, I want to teach other kids like myself. And mm-hmm. I want to teach other kids because I felt like that was going to be my passion. I'd be good at it. In the old days, I have to tell you this, when I was coming up and you might be true for you too, you were either a teacher or a secretary or, you know, that was the jobs back then. You didn't go off and do anything else. Well, it just so happened my sister was, became a nurse. My other sister became a secretary and I was the teacher. But, um, it was what I really wanted to do because I just liked kids. Even when I was younger, I started teaching Sunday school when I was 14 and I taught the little ones. And I, I guess that might've been a big thing for me too, because I held their attention. We did great things together and I was only 14. I couldn't even drive other people had to drop me off at church. Um, but I think that's probably was my first teaching experience when I was 14. And then through school, anytime I had a chance to be in front of the class to do something, I jumped right on it. And then when I went to college, I said, well, you know what? I know I want to be a teacher because I felt it. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I did. And then after 20 years, I'm thinking, because kids would come to me anyway with their problems and their mm-hmm. issues. And I'm thinking, you know, I can do the best I can, but I always end up sending them somewhere else. And I'm thinking, I need to get trained. So when they come to me, I actually can answer them and be responsible for my answers. I can't just give answers out and not be responsible for them. And because you're talking, like you say, you're influencing young minds. And so, yeah, so I went back to school and I mean, it was, it was amazing because when you're talking to a five-year-old and you're the only one that can keep a five-year-old from crawling all over the floor, that's quite an accomplishment. Yeah. <laughs> how do you do that? How do you do that? And I'm like, it, it was fun. It was fun. Yeah. So you really had a passion, you said, to um to to get to the kids and have an influence on them when they right. were younger, before they got to junior high. Right. And exactly. be able to speak into their lives, right? 
at that stage. Well, I did. And to teach them how to make decisions, you know, where kids don't know how to make decisions sometimes. So, and they also need to know what the consequences are. You know, if you're going to go right, you got to take that consequence. If you're going to go left, you got it. So I would try to teach them about consequences before they made their decisions. I'm like, okay, so if you do A, what's going to happen? Okay, if you do B, what's going to happen? Which one do you want? Because you have to, you have to answer for either one, whichever decision you make. So that's, and it was fun because they really don't know how to make decisions sometimes, or they'll make a bad decision. And then they say, well, if I had known the consequence was going to be this, I never would have done it. So you got to teach them about consequences first as well. I remember, I remember at one point in my life, my uh, daughter had said, mom, how do I, how do I decide, you know, hamburger A, hamburger B, hamburger B. Right. And I remember saying, um, I love what you said. You said, teach your children how to make decisions and the consequences of those decisions. And what I what I feel like is that so many people fear decisions that they don't make one. And so I just say, listen to your gut, make the best decision. And if you you'll either make a decision that was right for you or if you make a decision that didn't end up feeling right. There's so much learning that you can learn from the decision that you made that wasn't the the best decision. And that learning, uh, our our whole life, we got to be lifelong learners. So I feel like uh, that from every failure, there's a lot of learning from every mistake. I told my kids early on, uh, the greatest thing about a mistake is that you get to learn from it. That's right. And so I feel like when you say, help your kids with decisions i feel like maybe we should also help them not fear decisions because then they stay in a cloud of behind the scenes and they don't show up that we not only teach them how to make decisions but we help them not fear making decisions because we we can learn from the decisions that weren't weren't perfect and that learning has value and i think all through life we do that I mean, well, none, well, of us, none of us go through life making the perfect decision the first time every time. <laughs> we don't. And and another thing I want to add into that is don't let other people make decisions for you yeah. because now you've got to have a consequence and you didn't even make that decision. So, you know, and I know that's hard too, but that's where I am again in middle school. It's like, are you going to let that person make that decision for you? Because the consequence is still going to be yours. So you got to be really careful. And when you put your hands in your life in somebody else's hands. Mm. What an important lesson, just even for um, safety reasons. Right. And then even, I think, you know, I, in uh, the coaching that I do, I work with a lot of women who have been in really destructive relationships mm-hmm. and had we maybe learned that earlier on. Um, the importance of um, making our own decisions, you know, right, and, right, and not, you know, being at the mercy of other people, right, right, might uh, save ourselves a lot of really, really um, painful circumstances later right. on. That's so. a lifelong lesson. Lifelong, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So um, I love when you talk about teaching because what I hear from you is it's not what you did; it's who you are you're a teacher, yeah. you know, I love it. Every minute of it and still yeah. do it a lot, but yeah, yeah. I, it was kind of sad when I retired because I just got 
older. And you know what really was kind of technology just kind of keeps passing me by. So um, as long as I could talk to kids and be there with the parents, I was fine. But then, you know, especially in school, there's a lot of admin things going on. And you spend a lot of time not with the children. And that's what I didn't like. So do you, do you, oh, ever, do you ever substitute so, teach now? Oh, my gosh. I tried that last year. And when you have your own classroom, you have more control <laughs> than when you step into somebody else. And I walked into a couple of classes. I'm like, well, this teacher has no control. So why are they going to listen to me? Um, you can't step in behind somebody and then try to fix it in a day. You just mm -hmm. can't. Um, so I tried it, but it wasn't it wasn't me. So I only did it a couple of times because I had no control over that classroom because you have to start from day one. You have to build a relationship with your children. Um, and people would go by my room and say, oh, my gosh, your class is so good. Well, we started day one. And the first thing, most teachers, they pass out books and papers the first day. I had meetings the first week. You know, we didn't do any lessons. We learned to learned about each other. We played games. We found out what we had in common because you know what? And once I did that, so you haven't started your classes yet. No, we're learning each other first. And then they wish they had done it like later because they had no control, but you have to make your kids see that you care about them and that this is not just about books and paper and pencil. We are a family in this room and we're going to respect each other. And that's what we worked on always, every year for 20 years, the first week. That's all I did is mm -hmm. built relationships with my kids. Uh, that's such a good lesson. Okay. okay Just, the, note, the note I wrote down was make caring connections before you teach or influence. Well, that, right. that, that goes out of the classroom because I think sometimes we come in and we want to teach or influence. And when you said something along the lines of make connections first, then right. you can teach and influence. That's, that's really good. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I think I just read, it might've been in my devotional this morning, but it, the gist of it was love goes before leadership. Right. And, right. and I love that. Um, and I think that's such a good word for parents today, you know, cause sometimes we just get so caught up in, the daily to-dos? Are they doing the things I've asked them to do? Or are they doing things that I don't want them to do? And all of those things when really the most important thing is relationship, which is what you went back yes. to. Listen, be present, go to their events. Um, right. You know, just those are the most important things, which I think I heard a a man talk about this, gosh, probably 15 years ago. And it really struck me, but he said, the most important thing is a parent. You don't want a parent out of, to make your kids afraid of you. Right. You know, you want to parent in a way that you have their heart and, you know, they don't um, obey because they're afraid of what's going to happen. They obey because right. they love you and they don't want to break relationship. And I think exactly. that's what you did as a teacher, you know, I loved it. And you know what, being a teacher is not just in the classroom. I used to go to some of their games. I mean, and they would come in on Mondays. I'm like, gosh, I saw you at my game. And I'm like, so a lot of your relationship with your children is not going to be in your classroom. 
you yeah. know, and, you know, go to their events. You can't go to all of them, especially when you have 30 kids in your classroom, but you have to let them know, especially the ones who don't have that parent there, you are their parent for a couple of hours. And they are so excited to see you outside. Why did they don't even think you live outside of the classroom? So they see you in the store. They're so excited, and they see you driving a car. It's like, oh yeah, I drive. <laughs> but uh, they're so glad to see you outside of the classroom as well. So yeah. you know, if you can do that just a little bit, it means so much to them. So yeah. much. I remember a teacher of mine. Um, she had such an influence on me, and um, and it really wasn't a bunch of words she said. But one time, um, some boys had been unkind to me in junior high and I was in the bathroom crying and she came in after me and she looked, she got right on my level and she said, Karna, you are going to go farther than you can even imagine in this world. Mm -hmm. Do not listen to a word of this. You are beautiful. She just spoke life into me in that one moment and I never forgot it. And so- what an opportunity teachers have to just make a lifelong impact, you know? That's right. Now, what is that saying? You guys might remember. It's not how, it's how you, people make you feel. It's not what you say. How how does that go? I can't remember exactly. It's, it's not how much uh, you know, it's how much you care or something like that. You mean? Right. Right. And how people Mm -hmm. make you feel. People don't Mm -hmm. care. People don't care how much, you know, they want to know how much you care. That's That's right. right. There you go. Yeah, that makes the biggest difference. I love that. So Janice, uh, I know that you are so passionate about mentoring the younger generation. And what would you say you have, you know, your top three things maybe that you would say to the younger generation? Okay, number one, and I'm speaking from my own experience, don't be afraid to take that risk. Mm -hmm. You know, like if you think you want to try something, try it. If you think, um, you know, you never know. And you have to talk to people that might can get you there because, um, you know, maybe you don't have the money. I know with some of my children that they say, oh, I want to take dance lessons. And I never will forget this little girl. She was a great dancer, but her parents could not afford dance lessons. But because we had a relationship, she mentioned mentioned that to me. So I found her a sponsor. So if I hadn't done that, she would have never had that dance experience. And she went on and then she started getting her own scholarships because she was just that good. So you have to find out where their hearts are and take that risk. But you might have to help them exactly when they're young. Um, number two, I would say, which kind of goes here, believe in yourself, you know, because even when other people don't believe in you, you got to believe in yourself, believe in your heart, make sure you say, I can do this. I'm going to um, make my own self happy. I think we put our happiness a lot of times in the hands of other people. Mm-hmm. And even you have to learn that young because those people aren't happy. doesn't mean you can't be happy. So we got to teach them about happiness and how to get that on your own. Um, and number three, be there for somebody else. You know what? You might be that kid who is good for another child, you know, like a 13 year old still could be good for another 13 year old if you're having good experiences. So sometimes you have to be there for somebody else. There's no age limit in that, you know? So like my granddaughter, I'm trying to teach her how to be there for other people because she's, she's okay. You know, we're doing okay. We take good care of them. They're well taken care of there. She has friends that don't get that but you need to be there for them sometimes and then invite them over to our house so they can see a different way that people live because that may change them and 
later on, they'll say, well, I want to live the way this family lives and not the way my own family lives. Not putting their families down, but let them know they have choices because you know the cycle will repeat itself. So yeah. if they think they can't get out of the cycle, they won't. If you teach them they can't get out of the cycle, they will. Mm, that's so good. Um, I know my mom always uh, wanted our house to be a place of peace. You know, right. that kids could come there and they there would be peace. They could always count on that there, no matter what right. was happening in their home. So I love that. And I think that's such good, good wisdom. And I'm right. so excited for mamas and teachers to hear all of this wisdom to um, just remember that you can still have an impact. Right. Yeah. Right. No matter your age, you can have an impact. That's true. Yes. My grandson had a friend over to their house the other day and, and it made me feel good because the little boy didn't want to go home, even though his family's amazing. As a matter of fact, those families, our families are really, really close. So we're all about the same. But when the boys get together, they never want to go home because we're having such a great time. So when you make them comfortable with their friends, that's also important too, because mm -hmm. you would rather, I'd rather have them at my house than somewhere else, you know? So. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because we know what's going on then. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, be vigilant. We're just grateful. I'm grateful to have met you, and I'm grateful that you're still in the game. You're running, you're attending, you're talking, you're heart-to-heart -heart with your grandkids and kids. Uh, girl, you're beautiful in so many ways, and it's just been an honor to have you on our podcast. Isn't Janice just delightful? I know that you probably wish you had been taking notes, but don't worry, we have all of these amazing nuggets that she shared with us in the show notes. While you're there, take a look at how you can connect with us more on social media or on our websites. We would love to connect with you. And until next time, you are a precious jewel in the eyes of Jesus. Let the world see you so they may see him. Thank you.